morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, this is the breakfast show, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Welcome to the show, Lawson. Oh, good to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a while since you and I have uh, kicked off the show together. Yeah, yeah, but um, I'm, I'm ha- stuck. Had you on for the second half of the show a few times, so mm. yeah, yeah, it's good to, good to, <laughs> good to be back with the double L team, of course, the Double L team are doing the uh, Prophetic Code Seminar here at mm. Raymond Terrace, so head along on Friday evening if you are anywhere that's near tonight. Raymond Terrace. Huh? That's tonight. Oh, yeah, that's uh, head along tonight. Okay, do that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it is. Head along tonight, and uh, I will be speaking on the subject of Daniel's Cursed Code. Super excited about Ooh, it. What yes. are you speaking on? I'm speaking on... Uh, uh, the Bible. The Bible, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that the sermon has a number of names. It's, Either how to has, bury the past. The, this is going to be some Bible verses. Burial rites or something along the lines of <laughs> okay, <that's> burying. <laughs> All right. So, um, yes, Lawson will be here and Lawson will <laughs> say words. Yes. <laughs> and they will be good. Keen. Keen. <laughs> Fantastic. What are you thankful for, Lawson? Oh, look, I'm, I'm really thankful um, about our location this morning. Oh, Raymond Terrace Church. Okay. You know why? No. Because we're really close to Woolies. Right. You know what I'm going to do eventually when I have some time? Uh, I have have no idea. You're going to go to Woolies, mate. Maybe you'll go to Woolies. I'm going to go to Woolies. I'm going to buy hash browns. I'm going to cook them in the oven at my church. I'm going to eat breakfast. Okay. And I'm really stoked for that. What are you grateful for, Lyle? (laughs) I've already eaten my breakfast. I'm thankful I've already eaten. Uh, (laughs) I am grateful for Wheat (laughs) Bix. I'm a wheat bix kid. I eat wheat, three wheat bix a day. Wow! When, when I was a when I was like eighteen, I used to eat a row of wheat bix per day. Yeah, <laughs> pick up the whole row, plonk it in the bowl, add milk. A row of wheat bix. That is wild. I was um. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what it's like to be eighteen years old and just a bottomless pit. Yeah, true, true. But I'm twenty, and I'm just like no, I just. <laughs> no. <laughs> This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In radio app. Well, early in the morning, about the break of day, I asked the Lord... Help me find a way, help me find a way, way. to the promised land, land. this lonely body body needs a helping hand, hand. I ask the Lord Lord to help me please find a way, when the new day is a dawn, about my head in prayer, I pray to the Lord, won't you leave me When the trumpet blows, won't you call my name? When the thunder rolls and the heavens rain, when the sun turns black, never shout again. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Peter, Paul and Mary with Early in the Morning. And it is early in the morning and the morning has arrived and the morning is amazing. we got Daylight Saving starting this weekend, do we? Oh, do we? I think so. Okay, that's... Oh. Maybe I should... I'm pretty sure we do. I, was I hope so. A little bit before we started about my dislike for summer because of the temperature. But Daylight Savings is like the one redeeming quality of summer. Daylight Savings is amazing and... We just need to have it all year round. Okay, that, that wouldn't make sense. Uh, I, I would, I would probably go with that. Yeah, all year round daylight savings would be so much better, like so much better. But we have a clue for <coughs> our breakfast Bible. There is a problem with having daylight savings oh. all year round. You do know this, right? Uh, is that you don't have um, any daylight to save in winter? Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, that's lame. This is, yeah. Uh, we have producer Jasmine on this morning, and she's a Queenslander, and Queenslanders don't get daylight savings. Yeah. They just don't understand it. <laughs> they live too close it's to the, the equator. Comprehension. They live too co- when you live that close to the equator, the sun messes with your head. Anywhere, anywhere from, the, from the tropic of, uh, was it, Capricorn North, mm. daylight saving is pretty relevant. Yeah. But I like. See, but see, in Tasmania, I think they should have two hours daylight saving. Two hours daylight two saving. Two, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is, yeah, because it gets so like yeah. in winter. Yeah, imagine in summer, it's like uh-huh. so much light, and in winter, it's so much dark. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's do a clue for the quiz. This is a book of the Bible. This is a what book am I quiz? All right, are you ready? The first clue is the word covenant. Ah, oh, we did this one yesterday. Oh, okay. Never yeah, mind. We did the one. Ah. Okay. Mon must have put it back in the wrong place. Wow, Mon. All right, cool. What am I? Though it is hidden, Jesus says he will give some of this to him who overcomes. Aha. Uh-huh. I know exactly what that is. No, you don't, Yes, Lyle. I do. No, you don't. <coughs> I do. <laughs> nah. Yeah, it is. Nah, yeah, it is. Know, yeah, it is. Know. No, I know what it you is. Don't I, I do. Someone needs to pass me a pen. I'm going to try and write this down with my left hand. Pen and paper. Here it comes. All right. And while I'm... <coughs> you know, it's really hard to write with your left hand. No, it's not when you're left-handed. Are you left-handed? No. Nah. <laughs> and, yeah, he's like kind of correct. No, nah, it's pretty correct. It's exactly okay, what that's I not the thought. correct spelling. That's the shortened spelling. <laughs> Just shortened the spelling a bit so I didn't have to write so much. Of course well, I'm correct. I'm always no correct. Up. But if you, know, if you know the answer, if you want to win a prize, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you will get a prize completely <coughs> for free. Or text us on 0491-064669. Lawson, is this, the fir- is this the last time you and I will ever kick off the breakfast show together? Because I think Mon's going to be here all next week, isn't she? No. Wait. Yes. No, maybe. I think she's going to be here for the start of the breakfast show oh, next true. week. Okay. This is the last time you and this I is, kick off the breakfast show together. It's the final send-off. It's the double L final send-off. That's we, super sad. We have to do something special. Like, um, I have to go and cook hash browns for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, for those of you who may have missed the news, we are um, <laughs> the breakfast show will be coming to a close um, permanently on the 11th. That's next Friday, so a week away now. We've got one week left to go. Our final week of the breakfast show, which we are super sad about, and we will miss you guys. We uh, we do absolutely 
Um, love you guys heaps and we'll be missing you. But um, yeah, anyway, that's what's happening. Um, if you would like to send a message, we would love to have a message from you that we can, you know, pass on to the uh, the people further up the uh, further up the chain and maybe encourage them to do something. Uh, breakfast show with some live radio. Yeah, fully. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Give us a call and uh, and send your message through, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Um, or contact us on Facebook, email, however you'd like. We would love to hear your message of encouragement for The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Lawson, mm-hmm. positively different news. Yes, okay. So the positively different news I have to talk about this morning, it's a bit of a developing story. It's something that I've actually talked about in the past because, as I mentioned, whenever I do the good news, my favourite pieces of news to do is, is usually something either to do with electric vehicles or in the environment, something like that, some kind of electric vehicle or yeah, environmental Yeah, you kind of follow Mon's uh, pattern on this one. Is she, is she all about that stuff as well? Because, Not so much the vehicles, but she has a war on plastic, which is a good thing. Oh, well, this is actually about plastic. A war on plastic. There and you I, go. <laughs> and I talked about... I talked about, I, I believe it was... Mon like, will be proud of you. Mon, <laughs> in fact, Mon says that daylight saving is miserable and Lawson will enjoy summer more now that he's gone vegan. Well, there you go. You won't, your skin won't burn as much. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I, I am very white. I am like a very exceedingly. Well, it's like this: person. if you have a high fat diet, when the sun hits your skin, it turns cancerous, and if you have a low fat diet, when your sun hits your skin, it creates vitamin D. Mm-hmm. But is that like is turning cancerous? Like, is that what sunburn is in in and of itself? No, that's kind of like a precursor to. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah. think I'm just going to cop it anyway. I just need to wear sunscreen. Just don't burn. Don't burn. <laughs> don't burn. Buy a hat. <laughs> Buy a hat. <laughs> But anyway, um, the Ocean Cleanup Organization, I talked a little bit about, I don't remember if it was, it was either early this year or last year, about this device that the Ocean Cleanup Organization had created that's basically this like floating barrier that has a skirt underneath. Yes, it's very cool. That's very cool and it catches plastic while simultaneously it has this like wafting effect that lets any ocean life escape from it. And basically, it was created to clean up the the Pacific Ocean garbage patch, which we know is like this giant garbage patch that's twice the size of Texas and has like a million pieces of a tri- sorry, a million, a trillion pieces of debris in it and that scientists estimated would take like a thousand years to clean up by conventional methods. So the Ocean Cleanup uh, Organization, they decided to exist and do something about it. And uh, after one year of testing, they've sent out their, their little device into the ocean to clean up the Pacific Island, uh, the Pacific Island, the Pacific Ocean garbage patch and for the first time in history, they have successfully collected plastic from the Pacific Ocean garbage patch. That's cool. That is cool. And is it effective? Is it uh, having an impact? Is it going yeah. to take less than a thousand years? Well, um, at this stage, like, because they're planning, their plan is basically to clean it up in five years. But it's going to take a number more. They have like more, um, you know. Cleaners. Cleaners to roll out. So ocean vacuum cleaners. Ocean vacuum wrappy aroundy long things to clean up the ocean with. Um, they have a number of them that they're going to roll out over time. And so, but this is the start. <laughs> Once they get, you know, the, the, the things that they have planned, like fully operational, that's when the five years, I think, would, would start. Fantastic. But news. it's like, it's 
it's working in in terms of cost and everything like the it's it's all going along with their projections they're like yes this is running perfectly and the ocean is being uh i wonder how the, i wonder what it's like to drive this thing i wonder what it's like um running a lawnmower you know, you know how you do a lawnmower and you, you do a, a cut through and then a cut back and a cut through and the lawn just starts to get nicer and nicer yeah, and nicer yeah, yeah. i wonder whether that's how it kind of works well it's actually autonomous and works with current uh, because that's boring. yeah which is boring i want to drive like, it if there's a machine i want to drive it yeah <laughs> Just like zooming around the ocean. Who wants an autonomous machine? Yeah, that's lame. Like, that's what I'm thinking about auto driving cars. Oh, it's so lame. Oh, so lame. Like, it just takes the whole point of driving a car out of a car. It does. Like, if you don't want to drive a car, just catch the train. Having said (laughs) that, I would use an auto driving car for road trips on freeways. Because there's no fun of driving. What's the fun of driving on a freeway? You know, it's just like... Yeah, yeah I guess so. For like 5, 10, 15 hours. That's where, that's where you catch the train. But then you don't have a car when you get to the end of the train. That's why they should yeah. make trains so you can put cars on. Anyway, we're side There you go. Um, but cool. That's going. That's awesome. Second thing I just wanted to quickly... Second story I just wanted to quickly go over because I thought it was really cool. Um, this is uh, coming out of Florida actually, actually this morning. And um, basically... Oh, no, this isn't the thing that I wanted to say. This isn't what I wanted to talk about. But it's okay. Look, I can talk about dinosaurs if you want. Look, I think we'll... Or we'll, Vatican conspiracies. We can leave that to the next segment. We've only got, we've only got about... Which, which, should I, which, should I cover in the, which should I cover in the next segment? Should it be dinosaurs or Vatican conspiracies? Oh, is, 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 is there like a story that includes both? Maybe we'll have time for both. I, I think we should. I think we should. I think that dinosaurs <laughs> are a Vatican conspiracy. No, that's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we could start talking about dragons, but that might be uh, politically incorrect at this particular point. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be talking about dragons when we come back. Dinosaurs, flying dinosaurs, um, some amazing discoveries Found here in Australia, and also, if we get time, we're going to talk about Vatican conspiracy. All victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, come on. Are you washed in, in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus There is power, power, unworking power in the blood of the Working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Jesus said nothing but the blood of Jesus. Are you washed in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb? He sought me and bought me with nothing but the blood of Jesus. You're listening to Anthem Lights here on Faith FM. Lawson, give us another clue for our quiz. All right, another clue for, clue for the quiz. What am I? The Ark of the Covenant had a gold jar that contained this. Okay, what was inside a gold jar inside the Ark of the Covenant? If you know what the answer to that question is, then now is the time to call one 800 or text us on 0491-064-669 with your answer and you could have a prize coming your direction. All right, what's up? You were talking about Vatican conspiracies and dinosaurs before the break. What's okay, so which one, which one should we hit first? Oh, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, I love dinosaurs. Okay, so they uh, have recently been researching the discovery, uh, the 2017 discovery of a pterosaur, which I think is actually called the pterosaur, okay. uh, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> yes, <coughs> terrifying pterosaur. Uh, um, and of course, this is um, up near Winton, and in Winton oh. there are lots and lots and lots of dinosaurs in Queensland. There's some interesting, interesting um, observations in this particular article. Mm. The first is that pterosaur fossils are extremely rare. Okay. So this was a flying dinosaur, a very, very large flying dinosaur. And um, that walked around on kind of on all fours, kind of like a cross between a bat and a reptile kind of thing. <laughs> uh, when it was on the ground, it could walk on all fours, and, but spent most of its time in the air. An enormous, a truly enormous flying creature. Uh-huh. Uh, the, they call this one a well-preserved find because it includes five partial vertebrae, eight limb bones, a large part of the jaw and skull, and 40 full or partial teeth. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they say that this is a previously unknown uh, pterosaur species, which is pretty much what they always say when they find a dinosaur. Every dinosaur is slightly different from every other dinosaur, and so they call it a new species of dinosaur, <laughs> um, which is a great way of getting your name in the headlines. And funding. And funding, that's right. Um, they shouldn't need to do that to get funding because this is super cool. We should all be disco- <laughs> discovering these things. What is interesting is the observations that they have made about why pterosaurs are so rare in the fossil record. Mm. And this is what the scientists claim. They claim that most pterosaurs, if not all pterosaurs, died on the wing. In other words, they were flying and they died and therefore they landed on the surface and were unable to be buried. And, of course, you've got to be instant, instantaneously buried to create a fossil. Mm-hmm. You can't lay around on the surface for even a day or you're not going to get a fossil. Yeah. Um, and so there was an opportunity for them because they were they died on the wing. Mm-hmm. There was no opportunity for them to be fossilized. And of course, when you look at you know the drawing that they have of this creature, and then the tiny little bones, they've done a lot of guessing in between those bones. Yeah, an enormous amount of guessing. Anyway, I find that interesting because it perfectly matches with the flood model. Yeah. In the flood model, what you're going to have is your very very simple creatures are going to be at the bottom of the strata. Mm-hmm. Because they can't move, they can't escape, they're not mobile. 
Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be buried in very, very large numbers at the bottom of the strata. And the more complex the species go, the higher they will be in the strata because um, basically they are, are in a better position to escape floodwaters. Mm-hmm. And your flying species are going to be right at the top. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they say that they died on the wing, well, I wonder how they died on the wing. You know, maybe there was a massive flood that was taking place, cataclysmic events, and they were trying to escape. And the way that a flying creature tries to escape is by flying. Yeah. And so that's exactly where you would expect them to be in a flood model. So I think that is uh, super interesting and significant. And I think when it comes to discovery of dinosaurs, we should have lots more people out there studying them and writing PhDs on them and finding Mm -hmm. out as much as we can um, about them. All right. Um, but is it a Vatican conspiracy? Oh, there's always a Vatican conspiracy. <laughs> okay, so let's go there. This is Pope Francis. Um, We're going straight to the top. Yeah, that's right, going straight to the top. Has named one of Italy's leading anti-mafia prosecutors as president of the Vatican's criminal tribunal. So this is a pretty bold move. Uh, and this is just after uh, a new scandal has erupted over alleged uh, financial wrong- wrongdoing at the heart of the Holy See. So he's gone out and brought in the big guns. Yeah. He has recruited the top of the top of the top to go after these guys. Uh, Giuseppe Pignatoni. You'll yeah. find that it's Giuseppe. Giuseppe. What did I say? Giuseppe. 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 Pignatoni Uh, came two days. um, He came to power two days after the Vatican police raided the Apostolic Palace and seized documents and computers uh, from the Secretary of State. That is wild. Like the second highest Vatican official gets his office raided by Vatican police. Wow. So it looks like now we all know each other. Looks like I know, I know. It's like the Vatican is just having this massive uh, cleanup right now, which is going to make for interesting observation. The last time a pope tried this, mm-hmm. he lasted thirty three days. Wait. So John Paul the first, yeah, who preceded John Paul the second, yeah, um, he came to power, and the Vatican Bank was funneling um, what, billions of dollars into um, South America and Poland to support um, anti-communist rebels, basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, funding, basically funding war. Yeah. And uh, John Paul I came to power and he's like, yep, no, we're going to clean this up. This is corrupt to the max. Um, They were heavily in bed with the CIA, who was also funding the same projects. And, uh, yeah, he died 33 days later. (laughs) <laughs> and John Paul II came to power, who was from Poland and a part of the Solidarity Movement. There you go. <laughs> you can't tell me that's not a conspiracy. Come on, that's got to be the best conspiracy ever. That is. <laughs> oh, but now Pope Francis. And of course, and of course, and of course, when John Paul II comes to power, he then forms a formal alliance. Yeah, with the CIA. With Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Okay, and the two of them together form one of the greatest alliances of history. Um, it's called in historically, it's called the Holy Alliance, uh-huh. and it was the alliance to bring down communism. Mm. Um, and the uh, the Vatican Bank continued to um, <coughs> uh, 
uh, continued to fund, you know, um, the Contras and the Samosas, supported Samosa and so oh, wow. forth, Nicaragua, places like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, right the way through until, when was it, 1981, from 1978 to 81, um, they were doing this. And, of course, when it all came out, it was a huge scandal. Yeah. But it was kind of overshadowed a lot by, you know, what else John Paul II was doing. And he managed to come out, you know, just Teflon, nothing stuck, <laughs> nothing stuck. And now they made him a saint. So, saint, saint John Paul II. It's- Man, man, that is super nuts. Especially when you think of like the kinds oh, of all got, all got, all got, that it's um, funded. You yeah. know, that's heavy. So hundreds of millions of dollars through the Vatican Bank to Nicaragua and Panama to the benefit of Somoza and the Contras and uh, also to the Solidarity Movement in Poland. It was interesting because um, <clears throat> the reason they chose a Polish Pope and, of course, by John Paul I dying so quickly, it gave them the opportunity to do so because Poland was a unique country. It was communist and also Roman Catholic. Yeah. And it was just like, where else do you have a country like that in the world? And they recognized we have the greatest tool here to destroy communism, mm. to just bleed it dry. Yeah. And uh, and so they, they formed this um, holy, I would call it an unholy alliance. I'm no friend of communism. Anybody who knows me knows that. Not supporting communism in any way, shape, or form, but what I am against is church-state alliances. Church state, yeah. Church should stay right out of it. Mm. And you know, people people get all concerned, like, oh, you know, the Ukraine or China or Russia is trying to influence the United States elections. What has the United States been trying to do for the last however long it has existed for? <laughs> Regime change all over the world, influence yeah. elections, fund rebels. Um, start wars. Mm. It's all about regime change, and they just get they complain when somebody does something on Facebook that is uh, is, is, <laughs> is 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 trying to affect their elections. I mean, seriously, that's heavy. It is. Yeah, it is. Oh man, that that's so funny. Like the classic, like oh, you have uh, it, well, in the Middle East, you have weapons of mass destruction. We're going to invade you. Oh, you have oil. Thank you. Yes. So according to Avram Manhattan, the CIA resolved to destroy John Paul I before he would destroy a Vatican subservient to the will of the United States. So, Francis, be careful. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me. I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord And be free No more weeping No more weeping No more weeping over me And before I'd be a slave I'd be buried in my grave my Lord and be free. There will be singing, singing. there will be singing, singing. there will be singing over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free.
And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. And go home to my Lord and be free. And go home to my Lord and be free. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8718, or 88 right across Australia. And, of course, I'm with Pastor David Stojic here with us, one of our regulars, weekly regular. Good to have you on the show again, David. Good morning, Lyle, and good morning, everyone. Now, your passion is holistic health, and our conversations have been revolving around physical, mental, social, and spiritual health. And last week, you were talking with Mon, I believe. That's right. Um, about the impact of marriage relationship on our overall state of well-being. You shared some of the benefits of a good relationship, which included that uh, people in a good marriage relationship will live four years longer. That sounds good. <laughs> yes. Um you also mentioned it's harmful to raise children in a home where parents are hostile to each other. That's right. And people in an unhappy relationship have a 35% increased chance of getting ill. That's right. Um, now, unfortunately, not all marriages are good. In this country, one in every three marriages ends in divorce. That's rather high. Um, what help can couples, couples get if they are experiencing relationship problems? Uh, thanks, Lyle. Uh, so one of my trainings is is uh, relationship counseling and i appreciate appreciate your question uh, before i answer that question i just would like to mention that according to dick tibbets and i had the privilege of of uh, listening to his presentations and i even presented his seminar <laughs> a wonderful seminar that he That's did the forgive to live forgive seminar? to live yeah, yeah, yeah according to him um, being unhappily married is more detrimental to your health than smoking <laughs> wow, that's really significant because, I mean, we know that smoking is just a uh, that's right. a slow-lingering death, really. That's, that's all right. it is. So, so back to your question, what can help um, uh, What help can couples get if they're experiencing relationship problems? So I highly recommend to couples that are experiencing a lot of conflict to seriously consider some relationship or some marriage counseling. Okay, so now some people say that uh, relationship counselling doesn't work. What What are your thoughts on this? Well, um, someone once said, if you say you can or if you say you can't, you're right either way. So if people come to a, a session believing it's not going to be helpful, so most likely it will become like a self-fulfilling prophecy because their mind is closed. But if people come to a session believing, uh, well, you know, these people are trained in the field, uh, they've helped a lot of other people. Most likely they'll be able to help uh, my relationship. Then I believe there is a lot of chance and a lot of possibility that, that they will be helped. So there are a few other things that are very, very important when we think about success of relationship counseling. So we've just mentioned the attitude. Mm-hmm. So if you come with an, op- with an open mind, with the right attitude, definitely they'll, be, they'll, they'll get some help. The second one is timing. Uh, sometimes it may be too late uh, for people. They basically, they've all made up their mind. Uh, the walls are up. Uh, both sides of, of relationship have given up on it. And they're just doing this to say or tick a box and say, well, I'll try that. It doesn't work. So it's kind of similar to, to the... To now, the I other. saw some interesting research today, and, and maybe you might have some thoughts on this, yeah. that 
Um, Christian people are more likely to wait until it's too late than non-Christian people to go to counselling. Oh well, have you come across that? Uh, look, I I haven't per se, but I'm really not surprised by that by that at all because, uh, unfortunately. Um, Christian people, when it comes to other issues such as depression and anxiety and so on and so on, uh, they have this understanding or or attitude. Well, you know, I pray to God and 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 uh, you know God is is um, you know at work in my life. And look, it sounds very true, but even Moses needed. Aaron and, and her to, to, to yeah yeah to, to, absolutely to, to lift, to lift, <laughs> we all need a bit of help <laughs> to lift his hands. Even Jesus needed his friends to pray for mm, him. Mm. Could you not watch with me for one hour? He said. So 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 we cannot do it on our own. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not surprised by that statistics. So timing is important. Um, then it could be also um, uh, it could be uh, maybe lack of skill. With the with the uh, relationship counselor, uh, they can focus on 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 uh, uh, on conflict regulation uh, and communications instead of having a more holistic approach to counseling therapy. Okay, that's interesting. A- especially yeah. that that's kind of interesting that that based on on Gottman Gottman Institute and they are the foremost authorities uh, in the world when it comes to to uh, relationships. Uh, they, they they say that they suggest that seventy percent of differences or reasons for conflict will never be solved, uh, but it really matters what we do with the thirty percent of things we agree on, and so, so they, they are saying let's focus very heavily on things that actually we agree on, and some of the things or well great deal of things uh, so we say that contrasts attract each other. Mm-hmm. So they attracted each other because they're different. So there is no point of me trying to make my wife into be exactly like the same as I am and vice versa. So that's very interesting insight, isn't it? 70%. It's almost it's almost counterintuitive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You'd sort of look at it and think, you know, um <clears throat> you know, for a couple to get together they need to uh to find all this unity, they need to agree on everything, but what you're saying, you know, opposites attract and so you're going to have Couples that disagree that get together and that that's never actually going to be resolved. So that's, that's right. Yes, I believe that the agreement on the most important things in life, such as the principles and the values, must be there for a marriage to work. Absolutely. Uh, <coughs> when I do premarital counseling, I frequently use a text from the Bible, from Prophet Amos, uh, chapter three and verse three, which we uh, use frequently. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Uh, so people have to have a core things that they agree on. But for a marriage to work, the marriage partners do not need to agree on all things. They can agree to disagree on things that are less important mm. for them. Now, just, 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 just sort of slightly off the topic here, but uh, how important is it, is it to agree in matters of religion? Uh, I really believe when it comes to the worldview uh, – uh, and and uh, and the religion, uh, the future of the mm-hmm. world, uh, where are we going from here? Mm-hmm. Uh, the purpose and meaning of life—they're uh, very very important things. So this uh, is foundational. To, to, so this would come in, in, then within the things. That, uh, it is it is extremely important that 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 there is agreement there. And uh, from my perspective, the Bible obviously speaks: "Do not be unequally yoked." So we have to be under the same yoke, under the same discipline and the same uh, agreement, and the same hope and purpose and meaning. And that certainly is going to be very, very helpful to, to life. I'm not saying that people who 
actually have different worldviews that in 100% cases, you know, uh, that it may not work. Sure, yeah, you absolutely. Know, uh, there are always exceptions. Yeah. But for the harmony in marriage, for the next generation. If you're starting out. That's right. Start out with. Uh, that, that's right. With having uh, a similar worldview. That's view. right. Fantastic. Now, um, this can all be a little bit tricky. What if they, uh, what if they disagree on what's important and what's not? Um, this, so couple, this has got to be out of, this has got to cause marriage breakdown. So, right? so you're talking about about disagreeing that the seventy percent. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So what if they can't even agree yeah. on what's important and and what what's not? Uh, well, uh, this is where where exter- external help such as relationship counseling can help. A skilled counselor will help uh, the couple to uh, work on the on the uh, value statement to identify what's really important to them. Uh, we'll help them to identify the individual uh, needs and learn about the needs of their partner. Uh, they, they'll help them to negotiate some strategy, strategies as to how these uh, needs can be met in a mutually agreeable way. Uh, and it, of course, uh, they'll get help to, to identify the areas of conflict. Maybe we can talk about that after we come back from this great yes. bit, because I'd like to um, yeah, delve a little, in, little into some of those areas of conflict. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be back right after this. I know what love is and I want it I know what love is and I need it so When I'm deprived I get tired I think that's just the way I've been wired I know how it speaks, I know how it treats me I know it's touch and I need it so much I know it's smile, I know the look in its eyes I know that it's patient, I know that it's kind And I want it. I know what love is, and I need it so. When I'm deprived, I get tired. I think that's just the way I feel wired. I know it believes, I know the hope that it sees. I know it will give its life for me. I know its voice and what is lovely to me. Though nothing's stronger, it sounds like a melody. And I need you, love And I miss you, love How I need you, love And I miss you, love Tell me, how do we let you go? 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 David Stojic, and uh, as usual, every week he's here to join us talking about uh, all aspects of holistic health. We've been talking about marriage relationships right. uh, this morning, and um, yeah, really talking about, you know, um, What's how, do, how what? do we identify the areas of conflict <laughs> and help a couple to refocus? What are some of the things that they need to be working on? 
Uh, so we, we, we mentioned, uh, obviously, that the, we have to start from the foundation, from the value statements, what's really important to them. But then we, we kind of ran uh, through, through, through the list of things. And then we said, well, they have to identify the areas of conflict and help the that we need to help them to refocus by working on a few areas of their mm. lives. So, for instance, uh, when, a, when a couple comes comes to me and it just happens all the time and they have they have some really uh communication issues uh they're, they're highly conflicting and the natural for many counselors natural place where to start would be to actually try to give them some some uh skills in communication and that's per se is not 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 uh, you know bad, but really based on the Gottman Institute and and their their uh, approach and they're very successful on that, they they have uh, come up with something that's called love maps. Uh, uh, couples kind of drift away. They they they, they lose and they start cooling off towards each other. They do not know what really matters to each other. And so uh, building love maps is actually helping the couple to reconnect, to get to know each other. Uh, to, I, I even use cards, you know, uh, where people draw a card and they ask a question. What is your favorite, uh, your wife's favorite um, uh, pastime? And so the husband has to actually really think about it. What's really important? What's really important? What kind of, you know, does she like to go out or not, and so on and so on, to restaurants and so on. So actually, it really helps people to to broaden their understanding and knowledge what matters to your spouse. And then we actually, the next step is sharing fondness and admiration. Uh, and that's one thing where we actually help the couple to, in a given week, Focus on the positives uh, of 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 each other, and to be deliberate in sharing uh, statements that that are genuine, uh, where they are admiring the strengths of each other, uh, without qualifications, but they have to be truthful. Mm, okay. And th and then we help them to learn uh, how to turn toward. Uh, that, that's a phrase by Gottman. Uh, you know, Gottman Institute, they say, well, look, what does it mean to, to, to learn to turn toward and rather than turning away? Turning toward is, say, Lyle, you, you, uh, I, I just use this as an example. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure whether this is the case. Say, for instance, you, you have an interest in a certain hobby and, uh, and, uh, you share some of that with your wife enthusiastically. She can turn, turn towards you and, and engage you in conversation and listen to you, or she can turn away and just really don't pay any attention to what's important to you. By doing that, we are drifting away from each other. But actually, by focusing and hearing on what's important to you, you are getting closer to each other. So learning how to turn toward mm. rather than turning away. Mm. And then in conflict management, Obviously, we teach people to, to adopt a win-win attitude because win-lose attitude. If I win and my wife loses, guess what? Your relationship loses. Our, my relationship, my marriage loses. So, we, we, we so in, 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 in many respects, 
it's impossible to have a win-lose. You can only have a win-win or a lose-lose. Or, com- or compromise. Sure. So, so, sometimes, sometimes I don't get everything that I want. And either really, <laughs> well, so disappointing, I know, David. I know, I, know I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> believe it, but, no. but but I'm a married man myself. <laughs> I know how this works, David. So, so we don't uh, always know, get our own way. Right. So, so and then exploring their life dreams. <clears throat> I'll never never forget this. You know, what is the quality time many times that you and your wife would have? Sometimes it's like driving, you know, having a long drive uh, from, from uh, you know, to a place, to some mm. appointment. You're driving for a few hours. What a precious opportunity when you're driving with your wife to say, okay, tell me about your life dreams. You know, what, what ideally would you like to happen in your life, in our life? That is wonderful because actually... How many times are we deliberate actually in sharing with each other what's really, really important? What's my life dream? What's her life dream? You know, and, and then creating shared meanings uh, through, through to maybe they call it family rituals. When, when you have, have a, a, a special ritual of going out a particular week of the night or having a candle lit dinner at home, whatever that is. But where something is meaningful to you and to your spouse. Mm. So I have seen many, many positive changes when, 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 uh, uh, when with couples that went uh, to a good relationship counselor and worked consistently on improving their, their marriage. So it really, really works. Fantastic. Now, um, thank you so much for sharing those insights right there. There's a, a lot of misunderstandings about marriage counselling and hopefully some of our listeners who are experiencing marriage or relationship difficulties may be encouraged to try some counselling. Um, what from your research and observation separates good from bad marriages? Okay, so very important questions because we said if we are in a bad marriage, it's uh, <laughs> it's detrimental. Yeah, to yeah, health. that's right. It's, it's worse than smoking. <laughs> that's right. So, so I'm glad you asked. Uh, there are two pillars. Uh, there are two pillars uh, of a good relationship or a good marriage. It's like if you imagine two posts, two pillars on which the house, the whole house of marriage stands, and they are trust and commitment. Uh, we are uh, where one or both have been undermined. And if not addressed successfully, the marriage will not survive uh, or it won't have any quality to it. So trust and commitment are important. The people who are very good uh, uh, and they have some good marriages and they have, they have these qualities. These are the, these are the masters. <laughs> the, the masters. The masters the, of marriage. The, they, they, have, they have these qualities. They have their, their friends. They're genuine friends with their spouse. Uh, they actually have what they call positive sentiment override. You know how we can become negative and critical and whatever. Uh, masters of marriage, people who have good marriages, they allow the positive feeling. They focus on positives and they have this, what they call positive sentiment override. Um, then, then they are very good uh, when it comes to repair attempts. You know, you know how we look. I wish I, 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 I could say that. Marriages never argue. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they we, do. We, we all wish we could say uh, but, that. But <laughs> say, say we have an argument and, and, and one of us is trying to, to, uh, to repay, uh, you know, attempts to repair this, this, this chasm, this bridge between us. Uh, if we can recognize that and accept it and be open to that, 
then we, we seem to be masters of relationship. But if somebody is trying to rebuild and we are rejecting it, then we really are not there. We are behaving more as disasters, not as masters. Okay, so we're going to talk about that in a moment, but uh, yeah. Um, so, so acknowledging that not all problems are solvable, you know, there are some things that we cannot solve, and, and it's important to have honor and respect mm. uh, and love. You know, man, as, as one of the authors said, love and respect, I think it was Lehman, he said that men are looking for respect. And women are looking for love. This is really interesting. I'm in the process. In fact, I just finished reading that book <laughs> yeah. and uh, and handed it to my wife. She's now reading the same book. So That's right. um, it's very very insightful. That's very true. Um, I learned a lot about myself. That's true. As I worked through that material. That's right. But um, yeah, we just got a little bit of time here, David, and uh, so many things to talk about. We're going to have to continue this conversation next week. But uh, you did mention their uh, masters of masters of marriage. What's the opposite of a master of marriage? <laughs> so the opposite of of that uh, are the disasters. Uh, you know, like that's just a name, a label sure. that the uh, that the Gottman Institute Institute has given, and they are characterized by what they call the four horsemen of the apocalypse, <laughs> and 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 their criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Uh, you know, so if I can if I can just give Lyle, can I just give what the what the antidote for that is? Okay, just very quickly one, for, yep. for criticism. For criticism, it's very very important when somebody comes critical that we respond softly. What does that remind you of? You know, a soft answer turns away wrath. The <laughs> that's Bible that's says. right. Then then for defensiveness, uh, you know, the first thing is when somebody criticizes, we may become defensive. Let's actually take responsibility for contempt. You know, we need to build culture of appreciation. And for stonewalling, which is withdrawal and building stones, we need to, we need to do actually calming down through actually some exercises and breathing and so on and so on. Fantastic. David, thank you so much for joining us. I'm keen to hear more about this next week. Such an interesting subject. Right now we're going to move on with the show, so stay tuned. We have some more great programming right now.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I came to church a beggar and found I have a saviour, so Anna Beaton. And Kemi again. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime event as two of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 0413 122 348 now to book your seat.